an update to a book that some believe was suppressed by the U.S. government because the secrets were just too deadly. And then we travel to Mexico, where a small town full of people believe they have been given the gift to grow giant vegetables. That gift was given to them by space aliens. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. First off, I want to give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreons, someone who's been supporting the show for quite a while, Ivana Kakakavov. Ivana Kakakavov. Thank you so much. That one's going to get deleted. She's like, I'm not going to subscribe. You don't even know my last name. Ivana, thank you so much for supporting the show. You will be our pilot. You will be our guardian for this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really helps a lot. So, a couple weeks ago, it was episode 415, I did an episode about the Civil War of the World. Now, this was the book that... Okay, so let's we'll get into it. Ivana, fire up that carpenter copter. We're flying out to Gettysburg, and as we're flying out there, we'll do a little recap. Episode 415... We talked about a book called The Civil War of the World. And what it was, was it was a collection of cryptid stories, Bigfoot stories, and UFO sightings from the Civil War. Now, in that episode, I said I used to be a big Civil War buff. I'm obviously a big fan of the paranormal. This book was right at my alley. So when I found out about it, I read about it on a Mysterious Universe uh, article. I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds right at my alley because I only speak in cliches. So I began looking for the book. The book doesn't exist. There was only one other real mention of the book, and that was on a website called Doug Dobbs, which was a Civil War website. When I typed in Civil War of the Worlds, it took me directly to a book review written about this book. Now, the book was supposedly written by Edgar Riley, but never had a publication date. And I basically, we what we went over, there was the cryptid known as the Crocodingo, it's a reptilian dog monster that was running around that was eating the dead in a battlefield so much dead to consume so little time that was an actual quote might as well be once we finish this story there was photographs old timey photographs of ufos blazing across the sky as union soldiers looked up or three unidentified objects flying over the ruins of some southern town there was a photo of chessie the sea monster in the Chesapeake Bay. And oddly enough, there was a drawing of like one of those, you know how old-timey people used to just sit with their sketchbook and draw? Well, people do that now. You don't have to be a time traveler to draw, but like sketching, sketching stuff. There was a bunch of dead people scattered around a crop circle. Very, very intriguing stuff. And I remember I was really interested in this thing. But I couldn't find the book, and I couldn't find the author, and I basically had two conclusions at the end of the episode. One of them was that this book was written a while ago, it was self-published, and just became a piece of lost media. There, there was a book, re- there was a review of the book on Doug Dobbs' website, Civil War website. It was a book review with these photos, and I'm like, okay, so the book must have existed at some point, right? So, <laughs> we, um, this the episode ended like mo- many of my episodes do, where it's called Hedging Your Bets. Again, it's all cliches today, where I said, it's possible that the book was written, it was self-published, maybe there was a thousand copies put out before the days of Amazon, and it just disappeared into the ether. 
or, and then my voice gets really like, I do that long pause thing that I do at the end of my episodes as I get more and more serious. And I'm like, maybe the secrets in this book are so explosive that the government covered up all existence of it. The only thing that's left is a reference on Mysterious Universe and a book review on Doug Dobbs. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is my email address. There's a third option. <laughs> there is a third option that I really didn't think of. I might have mentioned it. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Now, this episode, a lot of you guys really liked it. I really liked it. I really like most of my episodes because I, I think this is a good show. I'm sorry. I don't want to be egotistical, but if I didn't make this show, I would have listened to this show. I really like this show. But anyways, I was getting feedback. People are like, they like the show. But there was one YouTube user in particular. I have a hard time pronouncing this name, but Taysu8. Taysuate had some concerns about the story, which is totally fine. I am not an expert by any means, and I don't ever think I really claim to be. And Taysuate, basically, in a roundabout way, we were talking. When I typed in Civil War of the Worlds, it took me directly to a page on Doug Dobbs' site talking about Civil War of the Worlds. Taysuate started looking around the site more. And found the front page, which wasn't hidden, okay, to be fair, it wasn't hidden. Found the front page and saw that this article was listed under the humor section. So we were talking back and forth, me and Tassi Wait, and I go, that's interesting. That definitely makes me a little more suspicious about this. But what can we do? What can we do? I actually emailed the author of the Mysterious Universe article I, through Twitter, actually, direct DM'd, what do you kids call it? And I didn't get a response, and Taysu8, I believe, was trying to contact him as well, just for more information. But this is a daily... Sh- this isn't an excuse. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't an excuse for what's about to happen, but it's a daily show. And it's a solo daily show. So a lot of times, I, I do the amount of research that I can do. I mean, you're like, Jason, you could have clicked the home button, right? You could have at least seen the humor tag. Yeah, yeah, I, I could have. But still, it's a daily show. I have deadlines. Even if I saw it was under humor, I don't necessarily think that would make me think what I'm about to tell you. I would have just thought that Doug Dobbs thought this was a humorous book. It didn't necessarily mean anything else. Fast forward to about two or three days ago, I'm sitting at home, and I get a Facebook message from a affable young man known as Charles Dawson. And he's like, hey, hey, dude, um, you did an episode about the Civil War of the Worlds recently. And I'm thinking... Okay, this is interesting because, one, someone's talking to me. Yay, I have a friend. Yay. And two, whatever else comes out of this dude's mouth is is going to be very, very interesting. Because I just had a feeling, right? I had a feeling what was coming. This is, this is his story. This is his story. Quote, let me cut to the chase. The, quote, book review of Civil War of the Worlds was written as an April Fool's Day joke. The book does not exist, and everything in that review was an invention, right down to the doctored photos. Now, before you guys get mad, before you guys get mad, this is hilarious for me. And Charles, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I appreciate this. Because sometimes an ending to a story like this is the right ending. I will take a definitive ending over, well, even this isn't the sci-fi crazy super conspiratorial ending that I had postulated in my episode. What happened was back in 2003, 17 years ago, 
Charles Dawson, a paranormal researcher. He's really into the paranormal. He's really into the Civil War. He was writing for a History Channel website called the Civil War Experience at the time. Friend of Doug Dobbs, who has this own Civil War website. Seems like a really cool dude. We were chatting last night. He's a screenwriter. He's in movie production. But we were talking last night, and he goes, Here, here's what happened. Back in 2003, I had written this up. And he goes, uh, to be honest, I don't remember where I was going to submit it to. But Doug Dobbs was like, oh, that would be perfect. We'll publish that on April Fool's Day. Now, the doctored photo, and he did. He took a sketch drawing and drew like a crop circle into it. And, and it was so funny because in my episode, I was like, that lake monster photo looks totally fake. And he's like, what? I thought I did a pretty good job on that. The UFO photos were convincing. That was another thing. As I was talking to Taysu 8, because again, I had already done the episode. I could have done all this ahead of time. But, you know, again, daily show. I did a reverse Google search on the photos. And I noticed that two of them were fake. The photo of all the Union troops standing at, like, the pontoon bridge. I found the original of that. And then I think it was the photo... Oh, the Chesapeake Bay photo, the one with the monster. I found out that that was fake as well. So then at that point, I was like, okay, something's fake here. But I I should have addressed that earlier. But I should have addressed that before I published the episode. But anyways, back in 2003, he writes this fake article. Now, if you are a Civil War buff, and if you're going to Doug Dobbs' website, you are a Civil War buff right? You would recognize those photos and be like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I read that article the other day about the aliens and the UFOs and the croco-dingo. But fast forward to the year 2016, Mysterious Universe runs a article on it. And then fast forward to 2020, I read an article of Mysterious Universe. Now, because I'm, I am skeptical by nature, I shouldn't say by nature because it's, it's only been a couple years that I've been more skeptical, probably since like 2012. 2014, 2016, somewhere around there. I thought, whoa, this is really interesting. First I go, this is really interesting. I want to find out more about this book. And then I found the book didn't exist. And then I started finding the author doesn't exist and all of these things. And that that kind of set off my spidey senses that something was off. But I would not have thought it was an April Fool's joke, honestly. And Charles Dawson, he was like, I feel kind of bad about this because he's a paranormal researcher. He loves looking into this stuff. Now, I do not feel insulted in any way, shape, or form. I, and you're like, Jason, you should feel insulted because I remember that episode and you were dead set that this might be a... Here's the thing. I didn't know why the book didn't exist. And to be fair, I did hedge my bets. And I, you know, every so often I throw my conspiratorial cap and spin it around five times before I do my ending. I like to have kind of a, a neat tied up ending, but I'm not mad at Charles Dawson. In fact, I'm super grateful that he reached out to me and let me know this so I could, I could put a feather in this cap. The cliches are really coming out. Is that even a thing? Put a feather in a cap? Does that mean to end a story? I love this ending, actually. And I want to say thank you again to Taysu 8 for also kind of, because, you know, he was also running around trying to figure some stuff out. So I appreciate that. I love the end to this story because I met a new paranormal researcher, met a fellow fan of both the Civil War and ghosts. And it's funny to think that a joke that him and Doug Dobbs pulled 17 years ago got aired on my show. And then he heard the episode. I think Doug Dobbs heard the episode first because I think Taysu 8 had contacted Doug Dobbs or maybe I did. I don't know. Again, Daily Show time flies by, but... Then Doug Dobbs contacted him. I think it's hilarious, honestly. I hope that doesn't ruin the story for anybody. I think it's a nice little footnote to it all. It was just an April Fool's joke that two guys were playing. And and I want this to also be a 
I don't want to say cautionary tale because I think it has the story has a happy ending. But this stuff happens in our field. In the world of the paranormal, when you guys are looking at stuff, this stuff will happen. You have to be aware of it. This is the second. This is actually the third time this has happened on this show. The first time was the Lone Pine Devils, which I did a story on. And then someone says that was viral marketing for a YouTube video. And that's 100% true. I did that episode. I stand by the episode. I think it's very entertaining, but I was proven to be wrong. This is the third time that this has happened. This was an April Fool's joke. I actually covered this again. I did not run a correction on this because I was going to do a Dead Rabbit repeat episode, but I'll let you know I did an episode about a Bigfoot that turned out to be a April Fool's joke as well. It was a Bigfoot who was climbing up. It was the episode where they're all running around in the desert. It was like the Bigfoots of the desert. And these guys told this story where they talked to a Bigfoot. They tried like four different languages on it. It was like old timey, like 1800s. And the Bigfoot ran and climbed up a canyon super fast. And they shot it and it fell to the ground. And then they put it in a wheelbarrow and took it into town. That article that was explaining that story was published April 1st, like 1898. And again, when I was reading that story, that, that is a Bigfoot story that's been told so many times. I read it in other I read it on all these different accounts and then I recorded it and maybe about a month ago I came across that that also was an April Fool's joke. So it's happened three times and that's going to happen because we're talking about the fantastic. And you know what makes a perfect prank? Fantastic jokes. So I'm not mad personally. I'm not mad. And I would I will say this. This is one of the benefits of having a daily show. If I had a weekly show or a monthly show, it'd probably be more polished and I could pronounce all the words correctly because I do a ton of research. I wouldn't be happy if I spent a week prepping an episode and I turned out to be an April Fool's joke, right? But when you're doing a daily show, I think it's a fun ending. Charles, it's very nice to meet you. Give my regards to Doug Dobbs. I think it's fascinating. Tasty Wade, thanks for continuing to pursue this. I love this ending. I love this ending. But again, when you guys come across crazy stories about Wolfman, and I again, I you've heard me on quite a few episodes. I'll say this could be a LARP. I didn't say it on that one. I have the one episode that it actually was. I didn't call it out. But we have to be aware that that just may be an issue with a lot of stories. So that being said, again, thank you, Charles. Thank you very much for wrapping that story up with a bow and putting a pin in it. Let's go ahead and hop in the carpenter copter. Ivana, fire that baby up. This story is 100% true. There's nothing crazy about this story. Ivana, we're flying out to Mexico. We're headed down to Mexico. We're specifically headed to the Valley de Santiago. That's in Guanajuato State, Mexico. Look at that. I know mispronunciations there, right? <sighs> Anyways, I got Santiago. I pronounced that right I know. Long time ago, thousands, maybe hundreds of years ago, you're like, Jason, seriously, bro, do an episode a week if your facts are going to be that wrong. There's a big difference between hundreds and thousands of Silence! I wave my hand in your face until you're quiet. Times and years and years and years ago, there was a local prince who lived near the Valley de Santiago. And there were seven beautiful women who wanted to bang him super, super bad. And he's like, no. These women are extremely irritating. I'd much rather play Super Mayan Brothers on my Nintendo Switch. Be gone, women. But they they kept hassling him. I know that problem. These beautiful women kept messing with him. So finally, he goes to a local sorcerer, and he goes, can you get these chicks off my back? And the sorcerer goes, 
And those seven beautiful women became seven craters all over the area. (laughs) Which, that's an overreaction on the sorcerer's part. I don't think the prince was like, can you get rid of them and and turn them into inanimate holes as well? (laughs) Giant, massive craters in the ground. But it would have been shocking for the prince to find out, hey, whatever happened to those girls? Oh my god, they're now giant depressions in the ground. And then the girls themselves, you know, they go one minute, they're this super hot girl running around. The next minute, they're basically just dirt. Seven craters. So this is an area of Mexico in the Guanajuato region that has a lot of storied history. Apparently, these craters are in the shape of the Big Dipper. Hmm? Hmm? Pretty spooky, right? Or New Agey, maybe it's not spooky. But when the Big Dipper aligns in the sky with the seven craters... Magical energy comes out of them, according to, you know, lunatics who believe in that type of stuff. New Age, mysticism, whatever. UFOs have been sighted there. A lake monster. There's always a lake. There's lake monsters all the way down. No more lake monsters. Hashtag no more lake monsters. There's also a race of giants living under the craters where they work with aliens and build UFOs. Now, what's interesting is in this area is specifically the Nordic aliens, which are the tall, white people with long, blonde hair. They do see gray aliens around there, but they're considered more sinister in that area. The Nordic aliens are allies of the people of the state. And you're like, whoa, 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 slow down, dude. So basically, you've just talked about there's a bunch of giants underground, and not only are there aliens in the area, they have ongoing contact with the people there. So at this point, we're hopping out of the carpenter copter, we're walking around, it's all dusty and stuff. We sit down on the edge of a crater, throwing rocks into it. Knowing full well this used to be a human woman, but you know, whatever, I'm just going to throw rocks into it. In 1970, there was a dude named Oscar Ramirez. And he was just hanging out in town, sitting on the edge of a crater, throwing rocks into a former human woman. And a Nordic appears. Hello, Oscar. You are destined for great things. Really? He says with a glimmer in his eye. Yes, the Nordic says without even looking at him because that glimmer is kind of creepy. You are going to grow the biggest, the, the biggest cabbage ever. You will forever be known as the Cabbage Man. Now, that, he didn't actually call him the Cabbage Man. And, and I, <laughs> oh, that, right when I said that, I go, dude, too bad this story's not about a cryptid <laughs> A cryptid cabbage man. Dang it. Someone, someone, someone do that as an April Fool's joke. And 17 years from now, I'll cover it. Someone's write that now for some website. The Nordics give Oscar a gift, a technique, would probably be a better way to put it, on how to cure world hunger. Later that year, photos begin to emerge in Mexican media where you have these people standing next to onions as big as a basketball don't dribble them don't dribble them because then they'll get all dirty beets the size of a shoebox you're like what okay hold on i'm reading these size comparisons from an article i'm not looking at these photos myself and going hmm that looks like probably a size 11 shoebox that is weird why is the onion the size of a basketball and a beet is the size of a shoebox i don't know But then you could call it a beatbox. What? And then um, heads of lettuce, one meter tall. So what's that, like a foot? Foot and a half? That's pretty big. And 
You know what a Swiss chard is? I didn't. I didn't know. I had to look it up. I thought it was a giant piece of cheese that Ratatouille's running around with. No, a Swiss chard is this type of plant. It's like a leaf, like a salad thing. You're like, Jason, you did not look up what a Swiss chard was. I looked up a photo of a Swiss chard, okay? It's a daily podcast. I don't have time to look up the nutritional value of some green thing. Anyways, they could grow a Swiss chard that's six feet long. So just imagine a giant green edible leaf that's six feet long that they claimed could feed a family for a week. Which, I mean, probably, but you'd get bored, like, by Tuesday, right? Like, how much of a giant Swiss chard could you eat? Unless it actually was Swiss cheese, and then it'd be pretty yummy. Cabbages weighing 40, and and the, the, the cabbage man, the cabbage man doing the cabbage patch over his, he, he has this crop, I'm doing the cabbage patch right now. Cabbages weighing 43 kilograms. So this article was obviously not written in the United States. 43 kilograms is the equivalent of, like, what, 38 pounds or something like that? I'm going to double check that. I think that's pretty close. 43 kilograms to pounds. (laughs) Okay, I was close. I was close, but it was double digits. 43 kilogram cabbage is actually 94 pounds of cabbage in real measurement. So anyways... These photos are popping up all over Mexico, and people are like, what in the world? This little valley down by the... Now, the Seven Craters area, like I said, had a reputation of being mystical. At one point, the First Lady and Uri Geller were, like, taking baths in them when, like, they were magically aligned and stuff like that, and it's just weird hippie stuff, right? So, I mean, people knew this area was supposedly mystical, but when these pictures of these giant vegetables start coming in, People immediately go, that's fake, right? Those have to be photoshopped. And this was before the word Photoshop was even a thing. The, the word Photoshop was invented because of this. Someone goes, what? Did they make these photos in some kind of shop? So what happened was the state officials, uh, Guana, Guanajuato, say, this has to be fake. We, we got to figure out. So they go out there and they go to Valley de Santiago and they go, hey, what's up with these fake photos you're sending us? And they go, oh, no, no, those photos aren't fake. Oscar's like, those photos are totally real. Look it. You parked your car on one of our cabbages right now. And they're like, whoa, the car is on top of this giant cabbage. Totally, totally real. Here, come into my house. It's built built out of nothing but Swiss chard. It's this giant, giant house. We will teach you how to grow food this big because this will solve world hunger. And the state officials are like, okay, yeah, that'd be awesome. You can teach us how to do it. And Oscar goes, but first we have some demands. Oh, great. At this point, the state officials get super suspicious because they're like, if these guys are really going to cure world hunger, they're either going to ask for money, maybe that's one of their demands, but they don't think so, or they're just going to give it to them because they want to cure world hunger. Their demands are this. They want a school built in their region, and the state officials immediately are like, nope, we're not going to do that. But then Oscar's like, okay, here are my second demand. We want the seven craters to be designated a, a state park. We want those to be protected by the government that people can't be throwing rocks inside of them. Like we saw some idiot podcaster doing the other day. The state goes no to the school and no to the state parks. And we don't believe you anyways. We see these giant vegetables, but something's fake about this. You can tell us how you're doing it or we can bounce. So the people go, well, we're not going to tell you how to do it. Now, at this point, 
a botanist, like a gardener guy, says, I tell you what, I got a plan, I got a plan. Who's working with the state. He's just not some guy traveling through town. He's a seed salesman. He goes, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to take a patch of land, we're going to cut it in half. On one side, you use your technique to grow your vegetables. And on the other side, we'll use our technique, which is called normal human agriculture, what we've been doing for 10,000 years. If you grow the giant vegetables, we can reconsider building the school here. Like, if we actually see them come out of the ground, we're not, not, we're not going to stay here for eight months. Like, we'll come back. But if we actually see them come out of the ground, then yes, we can look at building the school and doing the thing. But if it doesn't work out, then no school. Your kids will be dumb forever. And Oscar's like, well, I'll show you. Now, at this point, Oscar doesn't tell them anything about the alien tech. Because at that point, the state officials would have just left. There wouldn't even been a contest. So, but they do. They do have a contest. Now, this is where things get really interesting. When the inspectors come back, their side, the normal agricultural side, has a nice, hearty crop of cabbages and carrots and Swiss chard and all that stuff. And on the villager side, massive cabbages, giant pieces of Swiss chard, a bunch of other stuff, big stuff. So the state people, they sit there and they take some of their crops and they take some of the local grown crops. They just take a look at them for a while, do a couple tests, and then they go, no deal. No deal. No school. Your kids don't deserve a public education. And we're going to do donuts all over the seven craters as we're leaving. No dice. This is what they figured out. This is what the state officials figured out. Yes, they were growing 98-pound cabbages, but it had so much water in it that that 90... This is so bizarre. That 98-pound cabbage although it would take longer to eat, had the same nutritional value as a regular cabbage. It was just expanded. So yeah, sure, you would have more actual stuff to eat, but none of the nutritional value. If you're feeding your family, if all you're eating for a week is a six-foot piece of Swiss chard, you're basically eating the nutritional value amongst the whole family of one normal size of Swiss chard. So imagine you, your entire family, just eating one piece of lettuce for a week. Now, you may not feel starving because you actually consumed six feet of fiber, but it's still not the right nutritional element. And they said because your crops were so giant, you grew less of them. So not only are they full of water and somehow have worse nutritional value because you have to consume, you'd have to eat 98 pounds of cabbage to consume the nutrients of one cabbage. Not only that, but you can only grow four cabbages when we grew 24. So we're out. It was in 2013 when Oscar admitted, not that it was a hoax, not that it was a hoax, but admitted that aliens were the ones who taught him how to grow those things because they're still growing giant vegetables out there. They're still saying, oh no, this is the this is the best food in the world. It's massive. Everyone's like, is everyone's having like massive vitamin deficiencies? They're like, uh. very, very giant vegetables, very, very malnutrition people. But no, he goes in 2013, that's when he announced the, the locals knew about the aliens, obviously. But 2013, Oscar announced to the world that that was a secret behind growing the giant vegetables. I'm sure that Seven Craters has a booming tourist industry. Hopefully, at least. I hope they're getting some money out of this. I hope they have a school, now that I think about it. I didn't think about that. Maybe they'll take a giant piece of Swiss chard and fold it over and make a school. 
and then yeah actually why do why would you need a school if aliens are teaching you agriculture couldn't you just have the aliens teach your school wouldn't that be easier than trying to get the government to build you a school you have schools they're 80 feet underground they're called ufos and the kids just get hooked up and like learn stuff you learned how to grow giant vegetables and then i guess i realized that their vegetables suck and they have no nutrients so what you want to learn from somebody who tells you how to grow a giant piece of nothing but hey it's better than nothing i will say i hope you have a school now Vali de santiago hope there's a school i hope you guys have a lot of tourists Hope you have a lot of gullible psychics and mediums and all other sorts of nonsense going out there every year to visit the seven craters. And the whole time you're just feeding them giant cabbages. And they're like, this is the best cabbage ever. I feel so healthy. And then your eyes just go side to side and you're like, yeah, they're really healthy. They're really, really healthy. I guess the question is, were aliens really teaching him how to grow cabbage? And I think the answer is probably not. Because we can grow giant vegetables anyways. Like they have those giant pumpkin contests and and stuff like that. So are there aliens underneath the seven craters? Did a man realize a way to grow giant vegetables and try to pull a scam to get the government to build a much needed school in the area? And you figure he needs a lever. He needs to be able to get these people into town. So he uses an old technique that he learned from his grandfather about how to grow a giant vegetable. Or maybe he read it in a magazine about giant pumpkins in the Midwest. Decides to use that technique to draw attention to his town so he can get a school built. That is more reasonable than aliens taught him how to do it, right? Because you think they would teach him a lot of things. If you if an alien could teach him how to grow a giant vegetable, you think they would teach him how to grow a giant nutritious vegetable. You think the aliens could have taught him how to teach kids himself. And they could have built a school and staffed it with Nordics, staffed a school with alien instructors. But again, I think it was mostly a matter of a man seeing a need in his community, a little bit of education, seeing a natural wonder near their town getting trampled by tourists and thinking, we need help. And maybe the help won't come from the stars. Maybe the help won't come from the giants and the aliens underneath the soil. Maybe the help will come from our own ingenuity. Maybe we can get people to come out here to pay attention, to take a look around and realize that that natural wonder needs to be protected. And our next generation of children needs to be taught. And if that takes a prank or a gimmick or an April Fool's joke to get the stuff done, that really needs to get done then you do it. Because sometimes it's okay to pull a fast one over on someone else if it ends in a school being built and a natural wonder being preserved. It's very, very specific. That's the only time that you're allowed to try to trick a government. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. I love you guys. Be safe. Have a great one.